in the 38 years since the United States has won four World Cup titles and four Olympic gold medals, making it one of the most successful national teams for the Americans. Those premier teams get a lot of love, but the 85ers, as they're known, have not. It wanted to be the world governing body of the sport, and yet it didn't want to recognize women's football. This has been a long, long journey, a story with many, many chapters. And it goes back long before this last year, long before 1999. And so I think the only place to start is by recognizing the very first U.S. Women's National Team in 1985. Welcome to a new series of Flame Bears, special edition U.S. Women's Soccer Originals celebrating the first U.S. women's national soccer team. I'm your host, Jamie, and I am beyond excited to be co-hosting this season with FIFA Player of the Century, Michelle Akers. Hey, team! In this series, we'll hear from the infamous 85ers. They blazed a trail at a time when women's soccer wasn't an Olympic sport, and the Women's World Cup didn't even exist. We get to celebrate these badass originals who I am so proud to call myself a teammate of. These icons you don't know yet, but we're changing that. They're players who came from all over the country, some on scholarships, others playing different college sports because women's soccer didn't even exist at the time. Setting the foundation for what is now the biggest event in women's soccer this summer. Their stories have never been told until now. Now let's kick it off to today's episode. Linda Gansitano was a defender and the first ever substitute in the U.S. women's national team history. She was one of the inaugural 85ers and made two appearances on the world stage as a result. Here she is. Linda Gansitano, I went to UCF. I had an opportunity to play on the first U.S. Women's National Team in 1985, but I was also selected on the North Regional U.S. Olympic Festival Team, where I had the privilege of playing against all the women that were eventually selected for the first team, like Michelle and Kim Wyant and Emily Pickering, and I, had, I was surrounded by amazing athletes. Linda, what's your first soccer memory? High school. Middle school. I was playing with the boys. We were playing up at the park and my brother was playing soccer. And I thought, oh, you know, I'm not really a cheerleader. Right, I'm more of an athlete, so I started to play soccer with my brother. And I never looked back. It just like got better and better. And I, was, I did play on the first boys high school soccer team in, in Coral Springs. And I had an opportunity in 79. So Title IX definitely was went into effect after I left and I graduated and went to UCF. Given that there was literally no national team before you, who did you look up to? I was actually watching men's soccer, Premier League in England and German, the Bundesliga. That's where I learned. And I used to, we used to have some of the best males, uh, the men's soccer, come to Fort Lauderdale, Florida and play for the Strikers. Franz Beckenbauer is a true footballing legend influencing the sport like no other. We had Franz Beckenbauer, we had Pele, we had Nanny Kubias, we had George Best, we had the best players. 
and they were my role models. They would take time and kick the ball with me after practice. So it was like my expectation was already here. You know, even with some of the things that you see men play, even the pull of the shirt was learned. I learned that on TV. You know, I learned that watching the men. And because I had a chance of playing on the boys' high school soccer team, and I played with the boys even earlier than that, they were, the boys made me have to play harder, because I'm 5'2", right? So I had to be stronger, I had to be faster in order to hold my own. And that just prepared me to play at a higher level as I got older. And Linda gave her love of soccer to her younger brother, Nick, who she played with in high school on the men's team. My name is Nick Gansitano, and I am Linda's brother. She was on the boys' soccer team, as you're probably well aware. I was the striker on the team, and Linda was a defender. And she was the only girl on the, the boys' team. She was pretty tough, and she was like one of the guys. It wasn't like I had to, you know, protect her. She should take care of herself. She was very capable. She was uh, confident in herself. She was intelligent, strong woman, uh, even from a young age. I remember one time we had a game where we were playing against the team, and she came running across the field, slide tackled a guy who was, you know, on a breakaway, wiped him out, knocked him onto the onto the track, and um, he got up and he came running at her like he was gonna get in a fight with her and I came running over and she put her arm out toward me and she said that's all right Nick I got it I think it shocked him that she would uh, uh, stand right up to him so she got right in his face and he backed down a ref came over and you know broke it up but so that's just kind of an example of, of how she was like when she was young she didn't take any guff from anybody Linda, because we have you both on, tell us about your time with Michelle in college. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, so I was dating this guy, Bruce, not Miller, right, for the longest yes. time, six years. And he would come and practice because he played pro soccer uh, for the Minnesota Strikers. And we'd stay after. And I'll never forget the day that you were doing headers with him, Michelle. Yeah. You know, it was just amazing. It was just, you just flicking him on and put him in the corners. It was just memorable. and. You know, even when Michelle came out the first day, I mean, it, it's so weird to hear you say that um, <laughs> that I thought I was going to get cut. I'm like, what are she talking about? I'm I know. Like, the first time she stepped on the field, she was like, like the level was just brought up just because of her presence. I had no idea. I mean, I wasn't joking. Amy Allman and I would walk back after training and I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so afraid I'm, I'm going to get cut. And she's like, Acres, you are not going to get cut. I am going to get cut. But uh, of course, I didn't realize how good I was until, you know, halfway through that season. Because the, the personalities of that team were so huge and strong. And everyone was so um, self-confident. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I just was in awe of the uh, being a part of that group, like it was ahead of the curve on so many women I had ever been around. The attitude was, yeah. you know, do something or get out of here. You know, basically, yes. you got you got to pull your own weight. And, and we just trusted each other, and it was so strong. Michelle agreed that Linda and the UCF team had built up a reputation long before she even stepped on campus. 
One of the reasons why I came to UCF was because that you, you all had been in the final four and you were one of the top four teams in the country. Uh, and Jim Rudy was a great coach. My stepmom, Sue, what went to us soccer coaching school and he was there. And, um, so when he was recruiting me, uh, which I was recruited by UNC, UConn, you know, the, the schools on the East coast that had scholarships that she was like, yes, Jim Rudy is great. And when I came to the team, to the team, I mean, I came from Seattle, it was freaking raining all the time. And then it was like sunny. But the team was tough, and I just felt like I was coming home. And the sense of comfort and familiarity and hominess seemed to expand well beyond the team. Like the stands would be filled with football players or athletes. All our friends were athletes, and they're right on the sideline too. Was yeah. it? You know, it was like the, those aluminum stands, and it was they were maybe you know, five yards, 10 yards off the sideline. Yeah. And they were like the best fans ever, ever because they would just heckle yeah. the other team yeah. relentlessly. <laughs> and uh, they would have their beer coolers and barbecues going on. It, it was the best environment to, to play in. It was, it was great memories. And the memories didn't stop there as the two went on to make their first U.S. women's national team together. Here was the 85 national medal for the Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I ended up getting MVP at the Olympic Festival that year. I, this the magazines were bringing back all kinds of memories, you know. Linda, real quick, for people who don't know what the Baton Rouge uh, Festival is, can you give a... Oh, Olympic Festival. It was the Olympic Festival. And it was where... Actually, all the Olympic athletes were coming into the festival. It was like a uh, uh, training, getting ready to train. And they, what they would do is they'd have the North region, the South region, the East and West. And for soccer, they took the best 18 players and we came together and we played a mini tournament. It was all excited because I guess the North team always did really badly. And I guess when I got there, I, was, I ended up being captain. And it was here that the first national team was selected. So I was sitting in the stands. Actually, they were, you guys were probably, Michelle was probably down here on the podium. I, I was in the stands because the North team didn't place. And I remember them saying, we're, they told us about this is going to be the first time that they recognize the U.S. women's national team. It's going to be in Italy. We're going to be selecting 18 players from the whole four teams. And we didn't, I don't know about you, Michelle. I don't remember ever hearing anything prior to that announcement. No, no Nothing. clue. And then they started calling the names and I literally, I don't remember who I was sitting next to because I heard it, but I didn't hear it. You know, I, I didn't move. I was like, I was just frozen. And they like, Linda, Linda, they called your name. And I, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I go down, you know? And then a few years later, you were here in Italy and they're singing the United States national anthem. And it was just one of those moments that you never, ever forget. You get chills in your body, you know, and you can just hear them. You can hear everybody, you know, us. It was just amazing. And then to hear them say USA, you know, we're trying to figure out what are they saying? What are they saying? They were saying USA, USA, USA. We figured it out that they were saying 
USA and we didn't know we, we, we it was amazing and it was like oh my gosh they loved us and look at where it is today I mean they're they're doing the USA tour we're wearing USA branding stuff you know a bunch of us had it on earlier you know but it was yeah now everybody knows it and it came from the first team came from the first team first game first match for the US women's national team you yeah. just gave me goosebumps Oh my gosh, you know, just really exciting to play with the best players in the world. You know, girls that we had been playing, I mean, in the United States and this women that I had been playing with against each other in college, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was part of what was so cool about it. What and for me, like you, some of my, my own teammates were on the team. So I, I was like, okay, good. I'm I'm safe with those guys because um, yeah. I was super shy. So, and then, and then some of these other players that were, uh, that we had competed against and they were on the team and then we were competing with each other against the other countries. That to me was so amazing and so special. After Linda's soccer career, she went on to be a happiness studies teacher and educator at Broward County Public Schools and the founder of the How Low Can You Go Challenge, an initiative empowering youth to reduce their school's carbon footprint through reducing energy, water, and food waste. This said, we absolutely needed to connect with one of Linda's students because teaching has become such a big part and is a big part of her current life. Hi, my name is Kayla, and I've known Linda Gintitano for around seven years since I was a sixth grader in middle school. So she wasn't just my teacher in the classroom, but she was a mentor and a friend that taught me more about life than anyone else that I've ever encountered. Kayla, why is it important that people hear Linda's story? So I think that it's so important that people hear her story because anyone that knows her will testify to how infectious her kindness and her strength are. After just one conversation with her, you believe that anything is possible. So if you never get to meet her, I hope that hearing her story will give you a taste of what it's like to experience the bright light that she is. A bright light that has managed to get so many out of a dark place just because of how openly and fiercely that she loves others. So my favorite memory with Miss Cantitano involves doing the most mundane things. One specific one comes to mind of sitting in her car on the way to the World Happiness Summit talking about her cats or how she's bringing yoga into her classroom or her newest exciting travel adventures. She has a special way of bringing anyone that she is talking to into her life and inspiring them just by speaking. So in these moments, she is not just a mentor to me, but she's also a friend that I am so grateful that I've had the blessing of meeting. Linda, before we close up, what do you want to say to your teammates? Wow, I'm so proud of us. I'm so proud of every single team, you know, whether we won or we didn't win, it's, it doesn't matter. I just feel honored to be a part of this. and. This team, this tradition, we were there at the beginning. I love the OGs. I love that name. I love the originals. Nobody else can say that. It's just that tradition of just the United States Women's National Team is just absolutely incredible. You know, they always have been. 
What action do you want people to take after hearing your story? Don't ever give up and play with heart. And nothing's impossible. I mean, think about it. I was the first girl on the boys' high school soccer team. That wasn't going on in 1979, 80. You know, we're going against other, we fly over and play in the first World Cup. That wasn't even a possibility. So anything's possible. And now that we've got the equal pay for equal play, you know, that is amazing. You know, that that's happening for us now, but it needs to happen all over the world. It doesn't have to be just in the United States. What do you want to say to the current Women's World Cup team? Go USA. Kick butt. <laughs> USA. <laughs> USA. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for tuning into Flame Bears and massive thank you to my amazing co-host, Michelle Akers. If you would like to submit a letter or a video to Linda, please email Marissa P at flamebears.com. That's Marissa P M A R I S S A P as in Potter at flamebears.com. We'll catch you on our next episode. 